Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi guys, and welcome to this week's episode of Heavy Metal Tones with me, your podcast host, Tony, Tony Evans. I have said that now 150 times. Would you believe it? This is my 150th episode. Um, I'm pretty chuffed with it, to be honest. Um, the uh, stats say that most uh, an amateur, and that's exactly what I am, an amateur podcaster with no sort of production or producer and like that, last about 10 episodes. And some even the big ones uh, last about 10 episodes. Um, so 150, I'm... Um, pretty chuffed it's really nice to keep chatting to you and know that people are still listening it's uh it's good to keep you know my passions for these things alive knowledge that i have and also just the knowledge i learn and just have a good old chinwag you know so this week's episode 150 what was i going to do now i was tying up with doing all sorts of stuff you know iron maiden stuff and i thought you know all that sort of stuff but i picked up um the uh, Saxon's latest album, which is the like the tribute band, tribute album to all their favourite songs, and on there was one track that keeps haunting me, uh, has been hanging around me in some way or another for the last probably thirty five years, um, and uh, it's uh, a track by one of my most one of the most influential singers and bands of the early 70s they still keep influencing now because of the connections of other bands you'll know by the episode name it's the sensational Alex Harvey band and the singer is Alex Harvey unfortunately um, he died young so we don't have much work of his that we can get our teeth into but the song that uh, they covered on the Saxon album was Faith Healer now Faith Healer um, I've heard many bands cover this particular track I've heard Fish one of my favourite singers as you know he did it Saxon have done it I mean I, I could name loads more but it's a song that sort of sits with me and it's interesting because I listened to uh, Alex Harvey of the Sensational Alex Harvey band or Sab as they like to be called um, many years before I'd heard the Fish version of it because um, I remember watching uh, a rerun of Top of the Pops one of those classic Top of the Pops episodes it was about 84, 85, 
and um, I'm sitting there in front of the TV, one of the very rare moments I got to watch Top of the Pops in house. My dad was away working, I'd imagine, or out of the parvels and all of that, or asleep in bed. But it was on TV, and I sat there and watched it, and um, Delilah came on. Now, I'm my dad being a big Tom Jones fan, we'd listen to, whenever we did listen to music, he loved Tom Jones. And um, Delilah was always there, quite a sad song about um, someone being taken to be executed or hung um, and it's quite a sort of dark and oozing song and not in the hands so much I don't think of Tom but in the hands of Alex Harvey it has this sort of bitter vitriolic um, pantomime nastiness which I really really loved and so I sort of listened to a bit of Harvey um, sort of sporadically through my teens and that I refounded me when I was like 18, um, 19, sorry, around that time. Uh, I picked up uh, Alex Harvey Live, um, Saab Live, and it really sort of invigorated my love for the for him and his music. And I was thinking, what was I going to do for my 150th? And I thought, well, you know what? Um, he's one of the most influential, he's massively influential on me and on the music scene. So I thought we'll do a quick... As long, I mean, as much as I can get into the time I have, I'm going to do. I mean, he released several, they released several albums as Saab, but only two of them are the ones I'm going to mention because only two of them are really worth. Are proper Saab albums, if you know what I mean. But we'll firstly start with Mr. Alex Harvey himself, and then we'll come into the second part of the show and we'll talk about uh, the band, and then we'll talk about. Um, some recommendations music wise for them so excuse me I've just got to get my right notes um, Alex Harvey where do we begin Alexander James Harvey born on the 5th of February 1935 uh, 5th of February 1935 is a year younger than my father my, my father was born on the 4th of February and he died the 4th of February 1982 a day before his 47th birthday he was a Scottish rock and blues musician, born in Glasgow with the Gorbals. Um, uh, born in an era when Glasgow, um, pre-war and post-war, very tough, tough place to be. My father was um, sent there to, Scot to Scotland during the war, uh, evacuated, and spent some time in Glasgow, which was a bit weird because it, it was the most bomb city in Europe at the time. But my nan, being my nan, sent my dad to Glasgow because we have relatives there. So, you know, I mean, but he then spent the rest of his time in Aberdeen and around that area. So I'm just have some tea. He worked in, in, in many jobs. He was a carpentry. He was a waiter. He carved tombstones. You know, sort of people, the sort of person that we did back then, you know, you just didn't wake up one morning, become an influence, influencer, put your computer on and become an overnight sensation. You had to work your ass off like most small musicians did even now even these days uh, to get where you are and it shows the passion I mean you've got to imagine that at that time it would have been quite a drab place uh, not so much when you was a kid because post-war Britain was quite a lovely place but um, so pre-war Britain but post-war Britain Scotland you know bombed dark unemployment you never see the sun, you know, no one, no acts, no music bands came, there was no um, 
very little entertainment and very little money I would have imagined uh, his parents aren't mentioned in his um, in his biography here I've got with me he was born in Lanarkshire in Glasgow Scotland um, he first started before, performing um, in a skiffle group in 1954 um, and then he went and, and he um, in 1960 his big claim to fame was at the town hall in Aloha Aloha A-double-L-O-A, sorry Scottish fans. Um, Alex and his uh, supporter band uh, were supporting a, a band called Johnny Gentle and his group. Um, and that was the Beatles, would you believe? John, Paul, George and Stuart Sutcliffe and Tommy Moore. On the opening night of the biggest audience of the Beatles' seventh day tour of Scotland with Gentle. So the Beatles uh, opened with... opened for... Um, Johnny Gentle and the band and Alex Harvey opened for John Gentle so it was an interesting so he's on the same um, he's on the same bill as the Beatles which is it, it interestingly echoes later on in his musical career and Alex's band at the time was called the Big Beat Band a skiffle band and if anyone you don't know what skiffle is it's a, a very UK centric form of rock and roll so you had rock and roll in America, and you had skiffle here. And the Beatles were the skiffle when they performed with, as I said, they performed with John Gentle and his group, which was the Beatles. Interestingly enough, um, as I said before, so I got you get it's, it was such a mind blowing fact. I sort of got my tongue tied around that, that interesting piece of information. The fact that he played on the same stage in the same bill as the Beatles, just crazy. Anyway, um, skiffle. So Skiffle was basically, we're, we're America, and this is not having a go at Americans, um, but America post-war was not in a place of um, financial ruin because uh, because of uh, reparations and lend-lease and all this sort of stuff, lending money to us, the English and the Allies, to help fight the war. They were, they, and not being, apart from Pearl Harbor, not being attacked by um, you know, other nations. Yes, losing a lot of people. That's not. That's not. Um, that goes without saying. But they didn't. The, the actual people back home weren't under threat all the time, and so there was there was a sort of sense of um, of prosperity post-war, and you know they could have electric guitars and big drums and um, playing big bandstands and have big audiences and you know. Chewing gum and comics, as my dad would say, you know, that was the the American soldiers' way into the English girls' undies. <laughs> it was was nicker elastic stockings, chewing gum and comics. Um, anyway, so that's a side note. Um, and so we had skiffle. Skiffle was basically like uh, you know, they would get a tea chest, an old wooden. Chest, so they don't know what that is an old like wooden chest that people used to transport tea in. Um, turn it upside down, put a broom handle in the top and, and tie a bit of string under tension from the top of the broom handle to the bottom of the box and they would use that as a rudimentary upright bass make a thumping sound they would, um, if they could get a guitar they would, which was quite rare, they would strum a guitar they used to have, they used to use, like, make up drums with different, with different things it was basically a sort of uh, DIY rock and roll and um, Tommy Steele was the big skiffle star here in the in the UK, and uh, 
that he has a connection with Tommy Steele as well because he did win the um, Scotland's new next Tommy Steele competition and got to play with him in London, which was fantastic. But the Teenage Idol competition. His musical roots were in Dixieland jazz and skiffle music. He enjoyed considerable popularity in Britain during the 1950s. and uh, From 58 to 1965, he was a leader of the Alex Harvey's Big Soul Band, playing blues, rock and roll and songs, spending considerable time touring in the United Kingdom and Germany, very big in Germany. He also won a competition, as I said, um, Scotland's answer to Tommy Steele. Harvey became strongly identified with British rhythm and blues, although he was, he was equally able to play rock songs. And that comes across quite later on in his career. After leaving the Big Soul Band, he briefly tried a solo career, but it didn't quite work. Um, he found positive direction for his career when he became a member of the Pit Band. So basically, it was a Pit Band for Hair, the first run of Hair um, in the UK and Broadway. That's uh, Broadway. That's America. Da -da -da. West End. Um, he also recorded an album called The Hair Rave Up, which contained Harvey original songs self-titled album contained an early version of Hole in the Stocking which is later on to be played on his other albums to, to appear on Framed. Uh, he remained with Hair for five years and what he says about that in an interview which I thought was really interesting he said he liked being in the, the Hair band because he could um, play for maybe two weeks um, constantly and then it would rotate guitarists so he would go off and someone else would come back someone else would take his place and then he'd go and tour with his band and come back and do so it was a constant rollover of playing you know music for hair um and then also going off and doing his show now i have a funny story about hair i went to saw hair with a, a girlfriend of mine uh in a theater in I th i'm gonna say islington but i might be wrong it's a bit vague it was a, it was a big theater it was a hot sunny day i remember we went to a um we went to the matinee because it was the cheapest and we got tickets on the stage we sat the way you, the seat the theater was set up you had seats at the front and seats at the back and on the back of the stage so you sort of watch the actors because in the round kind of thing and you know the famous scene where all the the, the, the flag comes down and then it, it comes up and then all naked well in the in the particular production of this show was Sunita now if anyone remembers Sunita a gorgeous gorgeous um lady of dark skin um singer from the 80s she did she did a cover of pink cadillac and ah, oh, just beautiful and i thought oh i'm gonna get hopefully i'll get sanito right and unfortunately i didn't i got three or four very hairy men and then they turned around and i got three or four hairy men again um i didn't get any ladies all the other side um my blushes you know, I don't know where to look, to be honest with you, and I don't know where my girlfriend went to look, although she did have a good giggle at the time. But that does remind me of that when I think of this musical. Anyway, funny, funny part of my life. All I got was bums and willies. So he leaves, um, he leaves the hair in his solo queer behind. And he's he's desperately trying to to find a way of um, fulfilling his musical um, destiny but what he did and what just like what the Beatles did although he this happens after the Beatles did what they did he went to Hamburg and as he said in his own words in England everything closed at 8 o'clock 
you couldn't like if you came out of a show and you got a, and his words were you had a fish supper at 11 o'clock at night you thought you were exotic um so it was all very buttoned down um gray and drab there was no money so he'd go to hamburg because hamburg for some reason was the place to be it was open 24 7 you played like the beatles eight nine hours ten hours a day you honed your, your your skills he said he played on the same stage on the same nights as his heroes as chuck berry buddy holly um you know he said he, he you know he it, it was just um um little richard all this stuff all before they sort of changed became like became religious and before chuck berry was you know imprisoned all this sort of stuff really quite amazing um lineup and he said he watched these people and he honed his craft and then one day on tour uh in a tour bus they're listening to some music and he said that a piece of music came on it would just it just changed his life he couldn't work out what it was it was just something raucous loud fun and energetic it turned out to be um the fantastic Ray Charles, which was to come back and change the way he played his music as well in the future. So there's a sort of echo with with the Beatles and why he's such a great performer because he basically did all the hard yards. Like he was saying in his biography that um, they they their first gigs it would take eight hours to get to a gig um, and they had to take their front line with them. So they were on the bus, not a not a, a gig bus or a tour bus, a normal public transport bus coach, and they had their speakers and their and their implements, their instruments and their stuff with them, um, because they couldn't afford touring and uh, and all the accoutrements that other people could do, and it just, it just hardens you up, I think, makes you tough. So in 1972, um, Alex formed the sensational Alex Harvey band his, his manager said um, while he was in the doldrums his manager said look I've got this found this band up in Glasgow called Tear Gas you got to come and see them now at that time they were Tear Gas were a progressive rock band right they were a prog band and as um, Alex said when he first saw them they were raucous they were loud they were undisciplined they were heavy and they were introverted on stage, extroverted off stage, and he said he spent most of his time um, because he was a lot older than them, um, sort of teaching them and reversing that so they became extroverted on stage as well as off stage. Uh, the band was basically guitarist Zal Clemenson. Now I've seen Zal Clemenson live a couple of times. I saw him when I saw when uh, Fish did his Argent uh, Fish did a tour. There was a sort of tribute to he's one of his row, Argent's row managers died, or one of his managers was connected to Argent. So we did a, he did a sort of a tribute show to Argent, and um, Zal, um, Zal Clemenson played on that. He also played came on stage when he was doing his um, Songs from the Mirror tour because Fish did his cover of of um, two songs, he did Faith Feeler and Boston Tea Party, and both times that Zal played on stage uh, his amazing guitar with that so I was really lucky to see him um, and then you had bassist Chris Glenn and cousins Hugh 
on keyboards and Ted Hugh McKenna and Ted McKenna on drums. All previous members of Progressive Group Tear Gas. Now, you think, how, when I, I personally see um, Alex Harvey as the godfather of punk. So many people say um, it's it, 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 that it's that it's other people that they say no no it, it's Lou Reed and, and so on. I think that it's for me the godfather of UK punk. Uh, definitely, definitely is Alex Harvey because he was punk before punk even was considered. He was anarchic. He was uh, he you know he had a his stage. His stage show was a wall, a brick wall with, with graffiti logan, slogans on the back. He wore a tight, stripy jumper all the time and tight jeans. You know, he was he was vaudeville. He was um, glam. He was hard rock. He was blues. He was definitely punk because he was something that was not done before. And to be honest, never really done again. And for me, that's, I consider him the most influential of the, the punk movement. I think a lot of punk bands will tell you that themselves. Um, interestingly enough, guys, if you've got this far in the show and you're still listening, um, no Alex Harvey, no ACDC. Now I know you out there, I know you ACDC fans are going, what do you mean? Well, they were huge, huge influence on the band. Former Scott, they're all, all Scots, the ACDC though, they live in Australia, were Scottish as we know. And their big influence, particularly Bon Scott, was Alex Harvey. Musically, lyrically, visually. He also um, massively influenced uh, Nick Cave. In fact, Nick Cave's first band was a um, was a Alex Harvey tribute band, basically. He had a guitarist who would make up on like Zal Clemson. He wore tight jeans and a stripy jumper, and they basically did covers like Next and Framed. Which is, you know, like he says that he says it. He says it himself, and I've got it written down here somewhere. Excuse me. Uh, where is the influence? I wrote it down. No, I'll find it later on. But anyway, he did. So, big, big, big influence on a lot of bands. So, it's all you hard rockers. And again, like I said, knock on effect. AC. How many people have ACDC influenced? I mean, huge amounts. So it's all about increments of of influence, isn't it? You've got Harvey being influenced by rock and roll, rock and roll being influenced by Elvis, El- rock and- Elvis and rock and roll being influenced by blues and jazz, and then you've got ACDC, one of the most sort of influential hard rock bands slash heavy metal bands, so I would never put them in that category, but hard rock bands in the world, um, you know, certainly certainly have to be influenced by someone and Alex Harvey was that and if you we'll talk about it later on but there's a couple of songs that, that Harvey does that you can really hear the influence from Bon Scott in it and if you ever listen to and if you do me a favor you will do this you will listen to the albums I mentioned please do that and then listen to some ACDC and you'll go hang on that's exactly a Harvey Norman uh, Harvey Norman Harvey Norman <laughs> Harvey Norman over here in Australia, if you don't know, people listening, is a guy that sells electronics. <laughs> I mean, Alex Harvey, what? If I said Harvey Norman a couple of times, I don't know why. <laughs> Harvey Norman. Anywho, Alex Harvey. 
Right. So I'm going to have a break now because I've been speaking for 22 minutes. I need a bit more of a, of a drink. And we've talked about Alex and his influences. Um, sadly, I didn't know about his death yet. He did die of a heart attack in Belgium after his show at the age of 47, uh, leaving two failed marriages and two children behind him. Very sad. Um, but what, you know, what a, but that's rock and roll happens, eh? Anyway, we come back on the other side and we'll talk about the albums of Alex, it's Sensational Alex Harvey Band, the type of music they are, and my recommendations. Bye for now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back, guys, to part two of the 150th episode. Couldn't even say it, but my teeth in. 150th episode. And this is a tribute to Sensational Alex Harvey Band and the lead singer Alex Harvey. Not Harvey Norman, like I said earlier. Um, so, he meets the band. They get together. They start writing some music. He brought a lot of songs of his own from previous um, incarnations of his own musical uh, outings to the band. Um, they had a succession of highly regarded albums and tours throughout the 70s. 
The band had top 40 hits in Britain and with the single Delilah, as I mentioned before, a cover version of Tom Jones' hit, which reached number seven in 1975, and also the Boston Tea Party in June 1976. The band never acclaimed any success in the US, unfortunately, maybe according to the, his biography, um, one or two states in America did quite like his work, but um, didn't quite come across. It wasn't, I think in the mid 70s in America, you would really listening to things like Boston and, you know, Journey and all that kind of stuff. I don't think the dark side of rock and roll was really grabbing that the, the, the imagination of Americans, not until Iggy Pop and the punk movement exploded in the later 70s, I would say. Um, yes, the, 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 the big single, the big thing that was over there big was, it, was Faith Healer and the song Next, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, Alice Hardy left the group in 1976. Um, the other members continued for a little while afterwards without Alex producing an album called Foreplay. I don't recommend it, to be honest with you. It's a bit, um, if you're a real diehard Alex fan, uh, Harvey band, you will a fan, you will obviously like it. Um, they also produced, uh, produced an album in 78 called Rock Drill, when Alex toured in the UK with them in 81. Um, so you, you went back and did one album with them called Rock Drill. I only really listened to the first two albums, um, which is Next and Framed. Um, it just, for me, he, it just was, it's just not the same. It's like if the Pistols made a second album, I don't know whether it would be quite the same it would it would feel a little bit stretched, you know what I mean. So he had a couple of yeah. I mean, he did have a solo career, and if you really want to um, grab a solo album to get your teeth into, I know that Millsy particularly loves the Joker is Wild, nineteen seventy two album. Um, worth having a, a, a jump into because I think he did several. He did. Um, on his solo career, in 64 he did the blues, in 69 he did Roman Wall Blues, 72 he did the Joker's Wild, Mafia Stole My Guitar in 79, and Soldier on the Wall in 82. To be honest with you, Joker's Wild is probably the one that I would, I'd, I'd head to. Um, just because it's probably the most savvy of them all, really. But let's say with the Alex Harvey Band, Framed in 72 and Next in 73 are the, are the two that I would... Uh, I would the ones that are easiest to get hold of and to listen to. Um, they're the ones that I would, I would grab. Excuse me here. I'm just making. Got to change my paper. ASMR. Um, I think in the band, uh, the thing that really drove the band was that was their look. So when they joined the band, it was a time in music when you could do anything. All right. You know absolutely anything and if you sold a record good if you didn't you didn't care because it was a way out of the drab doldrums of life um, one of the reasons that I grabbed onto music as a young boy was because I come from a, a rough family and a, uh, a tough side um, a, the, you know just a tough time tough place and it was my salvation and a lot of the times this is what the case is with these musicians and you know, he had Val Clemenson who was on guitar who had this Real, and you'll hear it in his music later if you listen to the albums, he's got a real Clapton feel. When I say Clapton, I don't mean I shot the Sheriff Clapton, I mean there's Grady Gears Clapton, that thick, psychedelic, Gibson, you know, wild driven, um, 
sonic nightmare that that uh, that um, that Clapton sort of enjoyed during his times of um, substance usage in the late 60s and he definitely has that sound and he dressed as a he's, his character was a mime so he was uh, dressed in all the makeup he didn't talk didn't sing just you know pranced around the stage a bit like Marcel Marceau but very creepy version in green and yellow and then you had you know on bass you had Chris Glenn now he was dressed as a superhero so he had like a blue jumpsuit with a silver cod piece on and they often they'd have um like risers on the stage so they could all sort of stand on them and pose on them and then you had Alex in his tight stripy shirt um, and his tight jeans and he had a an umbrella in a sword sheath like at the side of his like an umbrella on his belt like a sword often with a, a tramp's top hat unshaven long scraggly hair teeth like tombstones you know uh, the mouth of a, of a constant smoker of a pre-war child who didn't brush his teeth you know the type um, scowling and, and and being he knew and this is why um, people like Fish and people like Bon Scott loved him so much is because he knew how to to command an audience how to use the written word how to spit vitriolic characterizations through the mic to you in the live as an audience down the mic into a recording or on on top of the pops or wherever he knew how to control that room you know and they just it just they just knew now i'm not sure why they decided to take these sort of personas but i think it was probably just trying to be slightly different using that that prog heritage that the band brought and Alex's sort of anarchic pre post pre punk um, energy and uh, they there was one album unfortunately that I sort of listened to I dip into for one song only so in January 1974 so in 1972 they released next Okay, and then in '73 they did they said they made they did Framed, and then in the '74, sorry Framed in '72, next in '73, and then they did uh, an album called Impossible Dream in '74. Now they recorded the album and um, didn't like the outcome of it, so the manager took it away, um, remixed it, changed the sounds, and reissued it without the band's knowledge. And the band still went on tour with it, but weren't happy. And I don't really like it because it's not something the band wanted. And, you know, a lot of the time managers had that kind of power then. They wouldn't do it now. Well, they do, but I don't think you hear about it as much. But, the, you know, the manager just thought it was the right thing to do. Did it, and it sort of, I think it was one of the nails in the coffin to split the band up, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. It was, yeah. Mm. It was released later that year with a different production. Songs were dramatically changed. Original recordings formed an album called Hot City, released in 2009 by Major League Production. So again, if you listen to Hot City, which is also available on Spotify and every other um, you know, platform that you can possibly want, uh, it's just listening to that album. Again, it's basically an impossible dream. But really, you want to stick to Framed and Next. 
they're the two um, and they contain some absolute cracking um, let me get my notes open absolute cracking uh, songs framed hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Has the the first song framed? I think this is the, the set line, the lineup framed. Hammer Song, Midnight Moses, Isabel Gaudi, Buffs Bar Blues. I just want to make it to you. I just want to make love to you. Hole in your stocking, as I told you before. Um, the Christmas, there's no lights on the Christmas trees. They're burning Big Louie tonight, which was the very first single. Brilliant name for a song, right? And St. Anthony. Um, there's nine, nine songs, 43 minutes long. Very, um, the beat... To release a single off that album called the, uh, the "There's No Christmas," there's no lights on the Christmas tree, mother, as they're burning big bluey tonight. Big bluey tonight is one of those things that just makes me smile. It's very Beatlesque. It really does sound. If you listen to it, it has that sort of sound of um, something that would come off of Sgt. Pepper quite comfortably. Brilliant lyric. Obviously, it's about the power going out in the city because they're electrocuting a gangster um, and so there's no power for them to have their Christmas tree lights on which uh, <laughs> it, uh, you know off that album you could have taken any single framed you could have taken anything off that album but they chose that one single uh, and it didn't do much on the charts as you can imagine probably sort of hung around the top 50 bubbled around um, in fact it didn't in the UK sorry it got to 17 Australia got to 11 in Belgium it got to 16 and all first three singles they released did exactly the same um, positioning which is interesting isn't it but getting to 17 in the UK charts with that song it's just crazy highly recommend it to listen to it the album both albums um, have some amazing highlights um, for me, the highlight on um, on the first album, Framed, are, there's two. The opening and, they, and the, uh, the, the songs, album's title, Framed, brilliant. Now, actually, no, it's three. Isabel Gaudi. Isabel, Isabel Gaudi is, it's so Alex Harvey in so many ways. It's about a 16th century lady that was accused of witchcraft and was burnt um, at the, at, uh, burnt at the stake. Um and it's about, and, and it's just basically about the, the, the choice that she made. Was she really a witch or was she not? It's very vaudevillian, very theatrical, um, beautifully Scottish-centric, you know, very, very to his roots. And you know what the beautiful thing about um, Alex Harvey is? He didn't hide his voice behind some American accent to try and sell his name, his music worldwide. You can tell... From the moment he opens his lips that he is a Glaswegian and he is proud of that fact and that's exactly the same way as Bon Scott 
and it's exactly the same way as fish they really really are proud of their scottish accent and didn't hide it and i think that's a commendable thing um again you know the christmas tree there's no lights on the christmas tree mothers as they're burning big louis tonight brilliant but but the one really the the, the one that um that he brought to the our band um and i keep singing and i cannot take this get the song out of my head is midnight moses now you can go on a youtube and you can find him singing that on on the old gray whistle test um on top of the pops um there's some live performances of elsewhere but midnight moses has got a brilliant brilliant lyric okay one of my favorite lyrics of his there's a way he spits the lyric like it starts very rock and rolly he goes hey 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 and then you've got you know underneath the green veranda singing along for mad miranda they call me the midnight moses everything's coming up roses i just oh i've got no way of knowing i wish i had a for uh a for i wish i was a forest ranger danger 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 who knows what that's about <laughs> it's fucking brilliant i had an afternoon fever when i flew off to geneva it just took me a notion to fly right across the ocean they called me midnight moses but i'm coming up everything i touch is coming up roses i think that sort of it could be um could be autobiographical i don't know but it's just it's just the way he spits the his vocal lines the way he sings that you know like hey 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 it just i don't know it's really it's really addictive and the band is just brilliant i mean sadly um they're not all with us anymore um but what a great band you know zao on guitars the drumming is i mean it's you can you can hear their prog influences in their music the, you know the keyboards the the vaudevillian um theatrics the the bass is great i mean he is a great bass player you know he, he goes he sort of um plays between picking and fingering the bass he really really hooks into the bass uh, he's got great persona on stage. Reminds me a bit of Slade. If you were to take Alex Harvey out, musically it reminds you a bit of Slade. It's very heavy rock. Um, it's that very British heavy rock sound, the purple and Badfinger and uh, and, uh, and um, Free were doing back then. You know, it's that real um, destroy your ear hole, your earlugs. Um, frontline sound and um, you know it's a brilliant brilliant album it's out of the two albums that I only listen to as I said which is Framed and Next I'm going to say that um, it's my second favourite Next is my absolute favourite um, and I keep playing Next quite regularly but the, the you know the, the tracks on it are are superb that you know you really can't beat I mean Framed uh, itself has uh, a brilliant lyric um, I get. I'm walking down the street, minding my own affair, when two policemen grab me, and I'm unaware. They said, "Is your is your name Alexander?" And I said, "Why, sure." They said, "You're in. You're the chap that we're looking for." But I was framed. I was just framed. I was doing. Never did anything. Nothing wrong. I was just framed. Uh, it's just brilliant stories, right? I love a good story in a song. It's not just you know she holds my hand or I love you, babe or. You know, it, I love a good story. You know, look, another part of the lyric: "There was ten poor souls like me standing in the line. I knew I was the victim of somebody's evil plan. 
when a stool pigeon, a stool pigeon looked at me and said, that's your man. But I was framed, I was framed, I did nothing wrong. It's just brilliant. He said, where was you on the 3rd of June in 1963? Them cats with rubber hoses started giving me the third degree. Again, very American. Um, you can tell he's a, he's sort of American. Because back then in the, in the late 50s, as I said, British slang was rather, it was just dull. So they were all grabbing these, you know, newsreel movie slang. The Americans really took over there after the Americans landed and helped us out during the war. And Framed has got that sort of sense of, um, you know, gangster that he often liked to portray. I would imagine that he would be like a lot of people in Glasgow, Glasgow in the 60s. Like my father tells me a story that when he was there, because Dad went back to Glasgow um, in and around the late 60s, not late 60s, sorry, he was married by then, so sort of, um, early 50s as a teenager. And he often had razor blades sewn into his lapels. So if someone grabbed you by the razor blades to try and give you a Glaswegian kiss, which is a headbutt, you'd slice your hands open. He also used to have razor blades um, in the sole, in, uh, cut, uh, buried into the tips of his shoes. So if he kicked you, he'd, he'd cut you with his with the blades. Um, not that my dad was a thug or a villain. That was just the way he did to protect yourself. Um, as I mentioned before on the podcast, my father knew the Cray twins quite, not quite well, but he knew them. And he worked at the Blind Beggar, which is the pub that the Crays owned and hung around in. Um, different story, of course. But it's just a brilliant album, you know. Um, and it's it, not one song on it. You go, oh God, when's it, when's it gonna, when's it gonna change? You know, um, but there's no lights on the Christmas tree, mother, because they're burning Big Louie tonight. Ah, oh, <laughs> just brilliant. Oh, paper sir, paper sir, paper sir. The mob's in town, and the guns are out, and Louie knows it's all about. He's gonna gun the cops. He's gunning down the cops with a machine gun tops, moving in in a black sedan. Stick up work with a hundred grand. See, and it's all about him, Big Bluey, Big Big Louie being caught by the FBI, then being sent to prison, and then being fried in electric lights around the city going out. Again, story. See, this is the thing. This is what makes Alex Harvey's music and him as a musician so right in my wheelhouse. And what makes prog so and his kind of rock and roll so delicious is that. You come away and you've been told a story. You've you've gone on a journey with a character and you've you've felt it through the music and through the vocal vitriol and that it just ah oh, you know I've met a guy once years ago who went to see Alex Harvey in Edinburgh I think it was in the late seven, sorry early seventies when they were touring with Next and he said that it was a sea of black and white striped shirts. They were fanatical these fans. And I have to say that I'd probably be one of those people because I could just, the lyrics just grab you. And it's not all long storylines, okay? So like later in other albums, that like we're going to move on to the next album, which is Next, which is absolutely my favourite album. Um, and I think one of the most underrated albums of all time. A truly, truly simplistic cover. It's just a white, beigey white colour, little triangle cut out sort of like a shape with um oh that's framed sorry next is him standing on the front uh in his striped shirt in his tight jeans striped background and it says the sensational alex harvey band next 
and it starts with Swamp Snake, right? Swamp Snake is, it's an innuendo song. She, he bit her with the Swamp Snake. I mean, it's, it is an innuendo song, okay? Nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of sexual innuendo in um, Alex Harvey's work. Always has been, always will be. That's what it was. It was that time. Let me be your Swamp Snake till the real one comes along. Let me be your Swamp Snake till the real one comes along. I want to be the medicine man. I want to be. I won't do you no wrong. Let me brush your carpet. Bring you coffee in bed. Let me brush your carpet. Bring you coffee in bed. Let me sit in your pillow and root underneath your head. Let me bite you with my swamp snake. I mean, it's. <laughs> it um, again, American influences. Okay, medicine men, cowboys. It comes back to that when he talks about the Boston Tea Party on this album. Okay, and then we get. The next song, I absolutely, this for me, is a song that says ACDC all over. Now, for many years, um, since I was a young man, I've used the term, and now this is, and I'm not having a, this is not a sexist thing, don't get me cancelled, but when I was a young man, young, young man, um, and going to discos, and that shows my age, right, not that I went often, um, we often... Um, I was not a, a very good with the girls and my mates Jason Jason Donovan what an unfortunate name Jason and Daniel they were really good with the girls and they always seemed to you know in the term terminology of the time they pulled the crackers right and I always seemed to get the larger girl the quiet one in the corner and my mate Daniel he used to use the term She's a whole lot of Rosie. And I didn't quite know what he meant by that. Of course, what he meant was that she was a big girl because in the song, Whole Lot of Rosie, it's about a larger prostitute, Rosie by ACDC. And rightly or wrongly, I used to use that term. I don't use it anymore now. I'm a, I'm a fully grown up adult with uh, sensibilities. But when I was younger, I'd often look at a larger girl and say, gosh, she's a whole lot of Rosie. And um, in a positive way, no, no, please don't cancel me. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what it was. I'm telling the truth, right? It's the honest truth. Um, we're all young and do stupid things. But there's a song, the second song on this album called Gang Bang. A, it's the most bloody earwormy song on the album. You cannot stop singing the lyric to Gang Bang. But also as a lyric, as a part, it's obviously it, the title says what it's about. I'm not going to describe to you what a gang, what the lyric Gang Bang is about. Um, but you can understand okay I'm going to pull up the lyric and I'm going to give you some of the lyric here okay there once was a woman with wings happy with the simple of things she had silk suspenders and high heel stocking thighs helping me in my head she was a friend indeed she was my baby until the day she died ain't nothing like a gangbang um, ain't nothing like a gangbang to blow away the blues. She was a woman who was twice my size. There you go. There's the whole lot of Rosie, right? Um, she said, "Owner, you can blow away my blues." She said, "I'll tell you what to do. Bring all your friends along. Come up and see me any old time of day." Again, American um, connections there. Um, come up and see me sometime, you know. Um, and a brilliant, brilliant, catchy single. You can't help yourself. Imagine standing there in a on, in a bus line or at school singing, the choruses ain't nothing like a gangbang. It's just brilliant. 
he goes there with, and it and it's the way that this wonderful sort of bluesy jazz intersection where he said he really uses the lyric where he says there were 27 guys an unexpected surprise she just kept on rocking till the night was gone she was smiling through her tears for 150 years just licking her lips and helping me along just um just brilliant and it's a brilliant song because it sort of marries interestingly and progly into one of the songs probably is that a term uh, <laughs> into one of the other songs on the album uh, the title track in fact but after that we get Faith Healer Faith Healer um, as I said before at the beginning of the show uh, one of the songs that's sort of been with me and haunted me for years and it opens with a brilliant maybe minute minute and a half of just this three chord refrain that draws you in and draws you in and draws you in and you can't help but go, what, what, this is amazing, what's going to happen? This is one of the most brilliant intros to a song ever, and I think it truly is. And then you get the lyric. Now, this lyric, um, I'll just hit the mic there, sorry. Um, it's, it's wonderful. This is, this is Alex Harvey, I think, at his very best. He goes, if your body's feeling bad and it's the only one you have, you want to take away the pain, you go out walking in the rain. You watch the flowers go to bed as ask the man inside your head. Your spirit never has to grieve. All you need to do is believe the faith healer, the faith healer. And I love it. It's a little bit, it says, the fingertips of holy fire, everlasting sweet desire. If I don't matter, it don't matter what you do, what the doctor said, the healer man will take away the pain. It's immortality for two, the miracles, they will come to you. I just love it. And there's a there's a one I keep whistling this particular lyric to myself, um, and it's just yeah, I really want you to listen to it, guys. If you haven't listened to it, and then listen to the cover versions by Saxon and by Fish, and you'll understand why it's so influential. Yeah, just yeah, faith and hope and charity. I just it's one of those lyrics. Ugh, the simple relativity. Oh, I love it. Um, and it's really powerful piece of music. One of Zem's, Zao's best guitar um, solos. The, the, the power behind it is just wonderful. The drumming and the bass is just brilliant. The keyboards just drag you along. Just brilliant. Um, and then, of course, you've got Giddy Up a Ding Dong, which comes on next, which is just a cover version. Um, actually, one or two cover versions on the album. Uh, brilliant. Okay. Um, Sing along, you know, giddy up, giddy up a ding dong, giddy up. Nice rock and roll, just something, a nod back to influence, um, as he would say. Uh, nothing outrageously different, nothing mind blowingly, um, world shatteringly new, but something that he liked to do. Good luck to him, right? One of these things he used to use live and play live before he joined the band. But next, the album song titled Next is brilliant. Now, I'd highly recommend you listen to this in this version and then the original Belgian version by Jacques Briel. Um, it's basically a poem. It's like a beat poet poem. It is about, um, it's about a, 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 a thing that the, that the French and Belgian soldiers used to, um, war, um, army used to do in the First World War before they sent their soldiers up over the line they would make them they would help them lose their virginity 
um, because they didn't want them to. They knew they were going to die, and they wanted them to in, to experience life fully, as they would think before they gave their lives to their country. Next, NEXT, and I'm going to read the whole thing out to you, okay? Because it is to hold on. It's going to take a little while, but it is it's brilliant, okay? I'll read it like a, like a poem, but the Jacques Brielle version is beautiful in French as well. It says next, naked as sin. An army towel covering my belly. Some of us weep, some of us howl. Knees turn to jelly. But next, next, I was a child, a hundred like me. I followed a naked body and a naked body followed me. Next, next, I was just a child when my innocence was lost in a mobile army whorehouse, a gift from the army, free of course. Next, next, me, I really would have liked a bit of tenderness, maybe a word maybe a smile maybe some happiness but next next oh it was not so tragic and heaven did not fall but how much of all that i hated being there at all next next i still recall the brothel trucks the flying flags the queer lieutenant slapped our asses thinking we were fags next next i swear on the wet head of my first case of gonorrhea it is his ugly voice that i forever hear and fear next Next, the voice that stinks of whiskey, of corpses and of mud, the voice of nations, the thicker voice, the thick voice of blood. Next, since each woman I have taken into bed, they seem to lie in my arms and and they whisper in my head. Next, 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 all the naked and all the dead could not hold each other's hands as they watch me dream of, at night in a dream that that nobody understands. And though I am not dreaming in a voice grown dry and hollow, I stand on endless naked lines of the following and the followed. Next. One day I'll cut my legs off. I'll burn myself alive. I'll do anything to get out of life to survive. Not ever to be next. Next. Not ever to be next. It's beautiful. I did it no justice, I'm sure. Alex does it with absolutely beautiful. That sung live and again please do look for that on youtube or listen to this on the album is brilliant and the jacques Briel version is available um it is in belgian or french um but he he the way that he writes that and and, and the way he portrays that is one of the most beautiful poems uh, war, war poems ever i reckon in my opinion along with waltzing matilda um it really really um just makes me really sad but he follows it with two brilliant songs and okay vambo marble eye okay now vambo is a character that he he brings back later in uh other albums in the impossible dream in a suite a two-piece suite which is very very um very proggy but vambo was a character based on himself on the streets of glasgow as a boy but he says the cross between santa claus and Captain America and uh, he the Vambo basically his son was to do with his second son uh, from his second marriage the way he spoke he's to do with his language you know kids speak so he would say Vambo for some reason and it came up that way and uh, I think had Alex survived he would have reintroduced Vambo I think and I think it would have made a, a brilliant character uh, for uh, an entire album I'd love to have seen Vambo Rules that's his song that he often talks about but he spells it R-O-O-L-S I would love to sing Vambo like 
like uh, Genesis um, Land Lies Down on Broadway, you know, would have been brilliant to see a story with Van Bo's entire life, you know. Ends the album. It's seven songs, 35 minutes and 53 seconds song long. Ends the album with, we come back to it. Remember he won that Teenage Idol competition? The last of the Teenage Idols. This really rocking in song. This is why this is my favorite album of his. Now, I didn't go track by track of Framed, because I do listen to it, but honestly, mainly go back to Next, to be honest with you. Um, I do love St. Anthony, which is the last track on Framed, but this last track, um, Last of the Teenage Idols, again, the way he sings it, the way he spits it out, the way he refrains the music is vaudeville, and he stalks around the stage. You know, I haven't mentioned Boston Tea Party yet, because that's on a different album. Um, or Delilah. Because they're very famous and you can see their songs. But this particular track, um, particularly, um, is just brilliant. It has that real, um, I don't know, it has a real sort of... Yeah, it has a... Has a a scariness to it. I find it scares me slightly. I have to tell you, it's got a real nastiness to it. About a, you know, about a, a boy that has uh, he basically he's grown up but not grown up. You know what I mean? Like, I'll get the lyric up. Where is it? Let's get the lyric here. All right. Part one. You can call me the Sheik of tomorrow, sleeping on the burning sand. You can call me the King of the Cowboys. Because everybody shakes my hand. You can call me the soft shoe banana. And the way he says it, soft shoe banana. You can peel away my skin. You can call me the last of the teenage idols. You can hang me in the morning. Sell me, sell my ball and chain. You can sink me in the ocean. You want to? You can swim back home. You can make love to my secretary. You can steal my money to call me the last of the teenage big time spenders. Part two, and it's like basically a part one and part two. It's just fantastic storyline, and it's quite a long song. Um, but it's quite again it's a story right they all had boats and bow and arrows big sand castles at the bottom of the moat rock, rock three who me I wouldn't be at all surprised hold tight all night keeping me satisfied a big fat mama on her hands and knees crying out baby baby please 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 see again it's this sort of you know big fat mama this uh, you know Americanisms these sort of images of um, American sort of brothels in, in Louisiana and New York and he's just got this sort of seediness to him which I love and you know do go and listen to Boston Tea Party you'll find that on a best of Alex Harvey um, if you're looking for the album that it's on um, it's on oh let me try to find the album it's on I think they released just basically. Yeah, it's 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 basically it's on Saab Stories, which was um, one of the last albums they did when he came back to them. Um, singles like uh, Jungle Rub Out, uh, Boston Tea Party, and Delight. Or Delight was a separate single, not on an album. But um, Boston Tea Party. Again, listen to if you're going to f listen to Fisher's album um, "Songs from the Mirror," and listen to his version of Boston Tea Party, and you hear it. It's a brilliant. It, it's basically about obviously um, 
the, the time when the King of England taxed coffee so greatly, uh, sort of tea so greatly to the colonies to make more money um, that they rebelled and chucked all the tea into the Boston Harbour. And it was one of the reasons for the catalysts for the American Revolution. And um, well, and it's a great lyric in it. It says, that's why y'all Americans drink coffee. Um, you're going to the party, the Boston Tea Party. It's, it is a... It is a brilliant, brilliant single. Shame it's on an album I don't really enjoy. Um, Amos Moses I like. Boston Super I love. Um, probably that's about it on that album. But I, I listened to the album just for that single. Um, but uh, Boston Tea Party, yeah. I'm going to find out the lyric for you. Sorry. Boston Cream, though. There we go. Let's go, let's go here. Alright. So oh, you listen to listen to this live, eh? This is as we go. It's a great cover on, on the album though, I have to say. Are you going to the party? Are you going to the Boston Tea Party? Um, that's the refrain. A red coats in the village and there's fighting in the streets. The Indians and the mountain men, well, they're talking when they meet. The kings have said he's gonna put a tax on tea, and that's the reason y'all Americans drink coffee. Um, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, fire in the mountains, flames upon the heath, and the president spits out the news he's biting on wooden teeth. Them children of the colonies got a different tale to tell. To tell. I'm going down to the city, going to tell my folks I'm doing well. Yeah, just brilliant. Yeah, bring back the fishes swimming in the sea. The children of the colonies got a different tale to tell. I'm going to the city, going to tell the folks I'm doing well. Going to the party, going to the Boston Tea Party. It, it was a song that stuck with me because um, I remember seeing the video of it when he's wearing, he's got that, um, he's got the umbrella on the side, he's wearing a sort of like, uh, a sort of American sort of corn cob hat, uh, just brilliant. And it's probably one of those songs that sort of defines Alex all over really, because he, sorry, one second, my computer's going to sleepy time. He um, really loved his American, his Americanisms. He really did. Um, God, I'm going to hate it when your computer does that. Yeah, he loved his connection with the American, and it all comes back to his rock and roll. So I'm going to finish now because it's been a long episode. I just want to chat about Alec because I love him and I love his stuff, and it's my 150th episode. And if you, if I've bored you, I apologise, but. So, takeaway, go listen to Frame, go listen to Next, go listen to Delilah, go listen to Boston Tea Party, but really go listen to both the albums. They're both brilliant. Anything that he touches, you go and try his other albums. I'm sure that you're going to love them. I just don't really enjoy Impossible Dream. I do like the last album, as I mentioned, um, the very last Saab, Saab, Saab album. Uh, that does... It's okay. It's not wonderful, but it's there. Um, you know, it, it has its place. Anyway, that's enough for me this week. Uh, I've got an interview planned this week, hopefully with Ralph Halber from uh, Heads for the Dead. So that might be next week's episode. If it happens, things do change. I'm looking forward to that. Do um, My interview with the Gems is now out on YouTube and on the... Uh, 
the Metal Roofs website. I did put it on a link to it on my Facebook page in the last couple of posts. Please look out for it. But as I said, do not let's not let forget, well forget Alex because and the band because he is and will always be one of the most influential musicians of the 20th century and I just wish that more people knew him. I'd love to see another tribute band by other bands. I'd love to see ACDC do a cover, be brilliant. I'm sure they would have done one somewhere live. I'm sure there's an ACDC fans out there, diehards, that will tell me they have done a copy cover of Next or or something like that, or Framed or Boss and Teapot or something. I don't know. Anyway, or Midnight Moses, which I absolutely bloody love. Um, enough for me. Go and listen to it. I've read it on. I probably have really destroyed good man's lyrics <laughs> I'm sure but as is forever thank you for listening do give me a review do leave me a, uh, whether negative or positive it brings more people to the show the more people that leave reviews the more algorithm sees me the more people sees the show and I get more audience and I can spread the word around I don't care really if, if there was only two people listening I'd still do it I just love the fact that people do listen bye for now keep rocking <laughs>